Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What a jam! Uh, here we are. Thank you for joining us once again for Friday Night Insight. It's Alex McCarthy's Wrestling Daily. And you know what we do on Fridays, of course, we have guest co-host. But this isn't just a guest co-host. It is the Mr. Gaffer, Mr. Ollie Davis. How are you, brother? I'm doing excellent. I just spent a day moving very heavy boxes down from one floor in the office to the ground floor to be driven away by a man in a white van. Honest day's work. Ollie of the working class. I'm a working you're class big, boy. You're big, big Papa Davis. Is that what you? Is that what you are now? So the guy who helped me do this, he I, I used to know him from like a couple of years ago, and he hasn't seen me since. And he he doesn't speak much English. He's mostly speaks Spanish. And we're carrying the boxes down, and he goes to me. And I said, oh, thank you. Yes, I have been eating a calorie positive diet. And then he went, because last time I saw you, so thin. Nothing mm. to you. I was like, okay, right. That's kind of nagged me. That was a, that was the only English he could muster, was it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not, not, very, not very fluent in much else, but you are looking stacked, Ollie Davis. Yes. Looking dragged. <laughs> Show me your freaks nice. and peaks. Yeah, <laughs> just wanted to put you that should... on Front Street right at the start. You should have said K. But anyway, uh, I'm sure you are feeling the burn, Ollie, Swole. at this stage. Uh, yes, swollen. Swally. But feeling. Swally Davis. <laughs> but speaking of the burn, it looks like Triple H is going to be the end of it when we get into our titular news momentarily. But you guys know what happens at the top of the show. It is some house. Keeping, please do give us the thumbs up. Subscribe if you are in watching Alex McCarthy's Wrestling Daily right now. The Wrestling Daily YouTube channel, of course. We are surging towards the 15K we need to go to War Games, which I (laughs) bellowed at you then. So please do help us and give yourself. It costs you nothing. It costs you not a goddamn thing. Yeah, I'm going to stop asking nicely eventually. I'm going to be, you know, it's going to be... uh, I'm going to start guilt tripping people, Ollie. I'm going to start saying, "Hey, what? Why aren't you? What? What is stopping you at this stage? Could it be? I don't know. It's a, who knows what you're doing on YouTube if you're not liking wrestling daily. Of course, you can become a good egg as well. Look at the people in the chat, by the way. 
who have got the lovely little uh, at the the plate has it too. It's got its little logo. If you are a member and one of the elite good eggs that consists <laughs> of our wrestling daily team, uh, you will have that. You'll have the emojis, the lovely tier system we have here, the loyalty rewards. It's awesome. Thank you very much for those of you who have joined thus far. If you want to join, it's next to the video. Uh, without further ado, though, we're going to get into the titular news. If you want to chime in, you want to dictate the show in any way, I'm going to ask Ollie Davis some questions as this goes along. WrestleTalk.com forward slash wrestling daily. That's for the Ultra Chats. Give it to the mod mother and she will get it on screen and you will have whatever you want debated, talked, discussed, whatever. But speaking of that, let's do that, Ollie. Let's do that right now. You were reading out to me before the show started, so I would like you to do so again after... I celebrate the arrival <laughs> of Ricardo Elidilo del Distraction. I feel like I nailed that. I'm not going to lie. But here he is. Thank you for joining us, brother. Uh, another good egg has come aboard. Uh, I don't have much to celebrate with. Um, here's a rogue dog toy that my children have discarded. They don't value. And a disc of Call of Duty. There you go. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> Just lying around. Bear this back. is my... That's disgusting. <laughs> Please do not refer to my child's toys as bareback Ollie. Uh, no, and the Call of Duty, <laughs> the unsheathed Call of Duty. Uh, yes, I. Uh, do you know what? Um, I'm not going to go into. <laughs> I'm not going to go into why Call of Duty has ended up in its discarded place on my table. But suffice to say, I'm not happy with it at the moment. Uh -oh. Anyway, uh, oh, there you go. Join to have a drink of Ollie. What? What a draw you nice. are, Ollie. Nice. Uh, Ollie, run us through the report you saw from Big Daddy Dave Meltzer. Well, you could you could read this on the Wrestling Observer newsletter, and I recommend that that subscription wholeheartedly. Or you could go on WrestleTalk.com for a bite-sized digestible version of it. So this is from today's, and the report is that there is toxicity backstage in WWE and NXT, which I believe is the 2000s System of a Down album. Right. So that is, yeah, someone has a copy backstage and there's a lot of hubbub about this because mm -hmm. it directly ties into the cuts from last week. NXT's releases seven days to the day. We're on the week anniversary of it, I suppose. Apparently Triple H and Shawn Michaels, who are in control of NXT, they didn't even know about the cuts before John Laurinaitis had started ringing round the talent and letting them go over the phone. And it was Vince McMahon, Nick Khan and Laurinaitis who decided on those cuts with Triple H and Michaels having no say, which is kind of the opposite of what Meltzer thought had happened over last weekend in the immediate aftermath, where he said they would have had to have been part of those meetings because they run NXT, but apparently not now. And then he's like taken that one step further to say the idea is that Triple H's detractors who don't want him to take over from McMahon now have ammunition to convince McMahon that Triple H isn't fit for the job after NXT lost to AEW in the Wednesday Night Wars. And potentially Vince is already showing that fury with the releases with the rebrand of NXT and beating Karrion Cross a month ago on his main roster debut. 
Poor Marta Carrion Cross. <coughs> Question number one, Ollie. Do you think Triple H is in line to take over anyway? Well, I did. People always say this, like WWE is going to be much better when Triple H takes over in various forms, but it's it's a huge company. And, and Triple H, you know, as much as I respect the man, does not have a business degree, which which he would need to to take over a publicly traded company. So, like, if him him leading up creative on Raw and SmackDown, producing those shows, I think that's the perfect role for him. But managing a multimedia like conglomerate is 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 dreamland. So I don't like what what do people mean when they say should Triple H take over from McMahon? Mm. I mean, it's one of them things because you've seen it in documentaries and interviews. Like, ostensibly speaking, Vince was grooming him. Like day to day, Triple H was following him around and the various, arguably nefarious tasks that Vince McMahon has to do. And I think when you just say that in terms of what Triple H could do, I honestly think the creative aspect is like the last thing Vince gets round to. I would say mm. like twenty years ago, you know, he's sitting around the pool, Bruce Pritchard's. <laughs> Pushing a beach ball around. Shane McMahon's got the factor 30. I, I can imagine <laughs> that happened, right? Uh, I'm sure it did with... Uh, oh, who was the other writer that everyone loves? Brian Gewurz, right? Yeah. I'm sure that happened. Uh, and you hear those hmm. famous stories about when talents went there and you know, Jericho, etc. Now it seems like on the day of, Vince is like, right, what's going on then? He says to his team of 40 writers... And they go, oh, uh, well, we've got these ideas. And he goes, hmm, don't like these very much. Uh, Bruce, what have you been doing? And then they filter it down to what Vince seems is acceptable. And that's your show. It hasn't got the long planning foresight that you could argue AEW does. Uh, and I think that's part of the root problem in WWE, that Vince is so, you know, hands-on in every aspect of the company nearly, right? This global powerhouse. That in essence, the actual product, which should be the foundation of which of which everything else grows, mm -hmm. I think he's probably neglects, and he hires all these people. And we've heard John Moxley and many other superstars say the infrastructure doesn't really work. So I don't know who could take over from Vince. If he, I mean, maybe the pairing of Stephanie and Triple H to distribute the mm -hmm. workload is is that maybe what we're thinking? But otherwise. Are they going to sell? These are the questions I'm posing to you, Ollie Davis. Oh, wow. All of them. Uh, well, I did just, just because I'm a bit of a business nerd, I follow like what happens in, in the markets. And usually <laughs> when you have a, you, you've got sort of the founder complex, which is where everyone who works for the company and then the stock market, they like the person who started the company, there's, there's this mythology behind them. It's like an easy, th it's an easy story to buy into. Like your Steve mm. Jobs, your Bill Gates, your Adam Newman, who spectacularly combusted WeWork a couple of years ago. Like they're charismatic figures because they have enough charisma to start a company. But then that in most companies, like life cycles, the, the old traditional thing to do was to get rid of that person, put them to a, a sort of just like demote them, not demote them, but move them to one side and bring in a boring old man in a grey suit to actually run the company as, as like a sensible adult in the room. That was like the done thing forever. 
And then the 90s happened and Steve, you know, you got the, the modern mm-hmm. sort of founder complex that we have now. And but, but wrestling's sort of this adjacent thing to normal life where Vince McMahon has been able to carry on in that founder route far longer than I think any like normal company would have put up with like it, it's ridiculous but it's also wrestling so it gets kind of it's kind of expected so who should replace vince mcmahon i think like 20 people by the sounds of things the guy doesn't sleep you divvy up he like because he micromanages everything he's like you said he spread so thin you need different people to run loads of different parts. And the person ultimately who is at the top, you probably need a more accountable board. You need one that actually works. And then you you probably bring in someone who runs a similarly sized media empire, I guess. So like, a, you know, like what Bob Iger used to be for Disney's in the 90s and noughties. Someone's a, a fresh pair of eyes who, who doesn't know wrestling, but has people who do know wrestling beneath them. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, that was my main, when you said that, like, you know, people who don't know wrestling don't typically work great. Mm. I, I don't know if there's a celebrated history of people who have succeeded who don't know wrestling within the wrestling business. But having said that, Vince McMahon has suppressed the market for decades. Um, there's not really many case studies other than Vince McMahon. But of course, now we do have Tony Khan, who is mm. the young, effervescent, uh new contender to the throne, I guess. And I would argue that his core, right, being the wrestling fan that he is, is in his product. And you could say that those different kind of approaches are reflective on the on, on the on screen. And I think gradually we're seeing this trend where, you know, this is AW rising and WWE falling for those who can't follow my finger analogy. <laughs> um, but I, I do believe they have to- two totally different approaches. And that probably stems mm. back to Vince's mindset of, well, we're not a wrestling company. You know, we're like this global entertainment enterprise, which when Vince, <laughs> oh, it feels terrible. When someone dies, when Vince passes along uh, and whoever inherits the throne, I think Triple H is much more inclined to think towards the AW mindset. Like that's the, the logic. So, yeah. Well, that's what I've heard from like, you know, and I've said this before on this show when I interviewed Kenny and the Young Bucks and they met with him. <laughs> They all had good things to say about Triple H and, and his vision of wrestling. So it makes you wonder that is is the McMahon family just going to keep a hold forever? Does this continue or does WWE go into different territory? It's a, it's a, it's a very strange concept to think about a non-McMahon mm. WWE. Companies rarely do well when nepotism plays a part. Like as talented as, as, talented as Stephanie and Shane McMahon are, I doubt they will be as as adept at running a company as someone who just like normally has a business degree. Like, sure, they can have active roles within that company, but to head what is now a, a billion dollar corporation, I think, is beyond them. the The interesting thing there is, well, for in the report, it, it hints towards forces that don't want Triple H to take over, and that leads me to think. Who are those forces? Yeah. Mm. I remember a Vice piece. Do you remember this one from like 2016, 17? And it was just uh, just after Shane McMahon came back. And it right. was about how uh, it, was, it was like a really like weirdly mainstream piece of investigative journalism. 
for you mm. know for wrestling and it was this huge article and it effectively said you have two factions within WWE backstage you've got the the Helmsley the Hunter Stephanie side or Levesque whatever you want to call it which is like the majority now but Kevin Dunn was feeling threatened and it was him who pushed for Shane McMahon to come back in to give him some allies on his side. And I look at Bruce Pritchard, I look at John Laurinaitis, these look like people of the old guard. But oh, all they these are. people are, yeah, people who are getting positions of power now. That those are not the the stuff like the Triple H guys who are Jeremy Borash, uh, Joseph Park, people that he's surrounded himself with there as his team. Ryan Ward, I guess, as well. The NXT mm. guys. Well, Road Dog, so, Michaels, even more, obviously, yeah. Yeah, who who feel like they have definitely fallen in love with a more modern style of wrestling. And yeah, do, are those is this playing into that sort of faction warfare backstage from a couple of years ago? Reportedly, allegedly, claimed. <laughs> Innuendo and such. Uh, you know, it's interesting as well, like we said, people are, Triple H namely, periodically selling off WWE stock as well with little or no, you know to no explanation as to why and i'm not saying that he's you know preparing to get out of dodge or anything like that but it is interesting that you know he's either building his capital for mm. something or you know he feels the need to cash out because it's not as if the stock is even at its apex when he sold it right you know it's not like post peacock deal where it's at 50 dollars a go or whatever it's just very randomly every now and again he sells another however much um, and he's making billions each time. With the fall of, I say the fall of NXT, and you say about the detractors, Vince McMahon is very cyclical in that sense, right? With Bruce Pritchard. This, how was this? The third rodeo for Bruce. Uh, mm -hmm. Laurinaitis as well, kind of in and out of powers of position. We are here all the time about Vince McMahon and the yes men, right? Like The glad-handed, yeah. <laughs> nonsensical yes men. The people that, you know, Vin, Vin, I mean, Vince wants to, yeah, he wants you to challenge him, right? But but mm. only to a point, only to a point. Don't, <laughs> yeah. You know, don't, don't have a go at the man. Um, so I, I think that, you know, the whole landscape of WWE is changing, not just the upper echelon and the upper management, but we're seeing it now reflective in talent decisions, like those mm. who do want to work for the company and those that are looking at AEW and going, hmm, that's comparable money, less schedule and I'm not going to get shit on if something goes wrong. Like it's a, it, you, to be frank, like the practices of WWE, you know, where you get heat or whatever, like wouldn't be like that in any other company in the world where they sit you in the corner and say, you bad boy and whatever It's you know, to, for the most only wrestling world things that happens. Mm. It's very strange. Um, whereas AW is now like this breath of fresh air. And once you've got CM Punk, we assume Daniel Bryan, potentially Adam Cole, that's like a tidal wave. Do you think Adam is, Cole's going? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think why sign the short-term extension? Otherwise, like, why would you? Why would you? I, I know that he wants to put over Kyle O'Reilly, but you don't need to do mm. a short-term deal to do that. What was stopping them agreeing what they needed to then? Then, yeah, that's you good. know. I, I actually haven't thought about it like that. You're right. That is a weird extensiony thing to do i mean it's weird that wwe let their contracts get so low anyway but 
I think also you look at Pete Dunne and Adam Cole, you'd be kind of out of your mind to not want to your contract to get this point where you have all the leverage and particularly for Cole. Uh, mm. I think this is the strongest negotiation position they could have possibly been in. And we heard about the Vince McMahon meeting before SmackDown last week, but still nothing official has emanated either. You would have thought maybe they'd have got it done if it had. So I, I don't know. It's uh, There's the obvious things for Adam Cole, Britt Baker, the elite. You know, all of the, he's at a lot of their shows, Christmas parties and things of that nature. A lot, <laughs> a lot of friends, you know, I'm not saying that's glaring evidence, but, you know, he clearly has a, a good reputation uh, within AEW. So I could see it is the answer. And also, could you see a fruitful run for him on the main roster? You know, Vincent Mann could have told him to his face, I see great things for you on Raw or SmackDown and I'm still wouldn't be convinced that they would go all the way with him. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Sorry, I, I got excited about talking to you about Adam Cole. I distracted yeah. you from a, a larger point you, you were did. making. You did. I, I don't even know what it was now. Where was <laughs> I? Where was I going with this? Triple H being kind ostracized? Of global elite conspiracy thing you were tying together. <laughs> the lizard people. Yeah. Yeah, there was that. There was that. And, global, <clears throat> you know, climate change. Um, yeah. There's oh, a lot. It's a shame we won't get to the bottom of that today. <laughs> Because you would felt like you were you're on the cusp of solving that I mean, issue. <laughs> I really was. I really was. But it's it's funny, right? Because whatever NXT 
reshapes into now. This is the argument I've been making all week. Mm. Vincent Mann, and you know, it's almost draconian that he's like, I need big young guys to come in and main event. Has he not been paying attention to the tidal wave of success and enjoyment that NXT and particularly AEW have brought people to mm. just say, I need big bastards? Like, what do you think, Ollie? It's difficult. It's difficult. Because I, I was arguing with Luke on Raw that big bastards big bastards do hold <laughs> weight. Like they hold value. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like the people just have this this response where they go, Oh, hello, big bastards, when two <laughs> big bastards are in the ring. Yeah. And Luke's point was, well, you can't have a whole promotion of big bastards because no one then feels like a big bastard. It's just bastards, relatively. Mm-hmm. You need even bigger bastards to look like a big, big bastard. Yeah. And that's good. You know, where the big boys come to play, you had that in the 90s. I th- I feel like the sport's moved on. And you can see that elsewhere in boxing and mixed martial arts. Like, the idea of being a huge person might not be as much of a big draw anymore. But at the same time, I, I actually still think it has its place in wrestling. So um, Luke was the, ba- bastardizing the bastards, essentially. Essentially, pretty much. But um, what was your question? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that Vincent Mann is correct in this approach where he's saying oh. it worked once before and it will okay, again? Yes, I did have a point. One thing you don't want to do is compete on your competitor's home turf. And one thing AEW does lack is the sort of production finesse and big WrestleMania, big guy style things, which I think there is still an a mainstream audience for. Not my tastes, but I think there's still a huge mainstream audience for. So there, there is like theoretical grounding, I guess, to then double down on the thing that makes you different to AEW because they did just they did just fight a war on AEW's home turf which is indie style wrestling and NXT lost mm. so just tactically i'm looking at this tactically do you then go at AEW at something that they do better than you and all you have is the large name of WWE or do you go the opposite way? I mean, the, the only thing that really is bad about WWE for me is it's incoherent and it's bad TV. Like, imagine <laughs> if you had all... <laughs> the, imagine... only, the only slight problem, right? <laughs> but, like, the roster they've got now. And, and like, insane. be more soap opera, be more salacious, be, be, like, have big bastards, but just tell more, like, actual stories that make sense over time and have satisfying payoffs. That's a mm. good idea. I think that's the best way to go against AEW. So, but you know, that coherence isn't in McMahon's bag of tricks. Me and Luke just rewatched SummerSlam 2002. Great what show. show. What a show. No follow up, you know? So it's just like, that's my, that's my, that's my answer. I think Vince is right all the time. Wasn't the follow-up to SummerSlam 2002 that Shawn Michaels was kind of paralysed? <laughs> like, he, yeah, you know, it was like terrible a terrible build do this. as well. It really was, yeah. But great match, amazing match. Mm. <laughs> Which is what WWE, I mean, I, I've even argued this with WWE in their favour 
for the past like year, I think all of their Thunderdome pay-per-views in isolation were really good. Like Amazing. really good. Yeah. Um, but if you want to sit there and watch the TV that gets you there, oh boy, like particularly Raw, Raw, that is a, a slog because it's just, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, this is being a dead horse. We've all, everyone in the world has spoken about this, but the rematches upon rematches, there's literally nothing inventive or creative about the stories in play. It, again, as I say, it feels like they turn up and they go, who's fooding with who? Hmm, all right, <laughs> we'll do that again. Uh, probably make a tag out of that. Like, it, it's mm. just... It's very uninspired, is what I would call it. Let's go to the Ultra Chats, because this is a good time for me to say, get your Ultra Chats in. We've got a couple in the chamber. If you would like to join the four, wrestletalk.com forward slash wrestling daily. And of course, you too can be read out on the show. So let's start with... Um, we'll start with Ricardo Elodilo, because he is the newest member. What you oh, drinking, yeah. Ollie? Three, two, one, drink, he says. He commands you to drink now via an ultra chat. Can you do it like a claymore? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, like three, three, two, one? <laughs> Funnily enough, it is a scotch. <laughs> there you go. It's a Jura it's a whiskey. I, I foolishly signed up to a whiskey subscription club <laughs> despite hating whiskey. But I want to like whiskey. Because it's mm. a cool thing, right? Yeah. Uh, and I did this years oh. ago with black coffee. And now I like black coffee. But it took me like oh. years to like black coffee. Um, so this is a Jura 18-year-old Scotch whiskey. And it hurts my face to put it in my <laughs> mouth. <laughs> I, I, Funnily enough, as, as much as I want to like ostracize you for this take, I am very much the same. And I, um, I want to be able to say I'll have a whiskey on the rocks please <laughs> like but again it's More so water. yes it's so like terrible um i got given uh, conor mcgregor's whiskey like his company proper 12 sent mm. me a, a bottle at work and i was like oh amazing and steph chase had a stream and i was like i'm just gonna be so super cool and, <laughs> uh, you know and then i took like one sip and i was like where the hell is the coke <laughs> because i am having a bad time so yes um uh, <laughs> I'm sure you got more out of that old chat than you intended, Ricardo. But well, there you go, my friend. Uh, Boris Niznovich, that was my best attempt, says, with the different approaches to wrestling, this week on two hours of Dynamite, there was 57 minutes of wrestling. Oh, God. That kind of guy, are you? Uh, in three hours of Raw, there was 50 minutes. That's mad. Hmm. What? Why am I? I don't know what to calculate from such a thing. But raw for the alleged what? Two hours? Uh, yeah, two hours, five what, minutes without. What else break. happens in that two hours? What else happens? I don't know. It's not a wrestling show. Hmm. Um, Simon Longdon, who who sort of dips in and out of working for us. He had this great point where it is a meta wrestling show where it's just it's a show about making a wrestling show. <laughs> That's yeah. why you get so many like general managers and people going, Well, we've got to book this match for this reason. Like, why are you making the show on air? This this should be if this was a wrestling show, the matches would be booked in advance. Right? <laughs> I, I never got right, like in the attitude era, particularly. 
Like Austin turns up to the building like half an hour late. What? Yeah, what? What's he doing? What do you mean? What's your job? You'd like one day a week. You're on air. Where are you? What have you been doing? Same as The Rock. They like roll into the building. Even Vince isn't there. His limo rocks up <laughs> like an hour in, and you're thinking, well, "This is literally what? I don't. It makes no sense. Why wouldn't mm. you be there?" Very good point, Ollie. Very good point. Uh, Boris accentuates his point and says, my point is WWE doesn't like wrestling. Of course they don't. Really, they like everything around them. I mean, Vince, uh, for a long time, it's kind of been known almost that Vince thinks wrestling is a dirty word. Uh, you know, they're an entertainment product, of mm. course. But um, it's a shame because they've got many magnificent wrestlers. So <laughs> I don't know what they think. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, did you ever um, see the story about Shayna Baszler on Renee Young's podcast? And she said that her and Natalia had a match and it was great, right? Like shoot style, technical stuff. They came back, oh, you know, pleased with themselves. Thinking, oh God, Vince, is, he's going to love this. He's <clears> going <throat> to love this. And he made them go and do it again. He was like, what the hell was that? You know, because Vince's idea of wrestling is like theatre, isn't it? It's like the emotion you know, Natalia didn't, I don't know, beg for her life during the match or something. Who who knows? But they had to go and do it again. And I couldn't tell you what that match looked like. That's, I've forgotten. But Vince has a very clear idea of what is and isn't great wrestling. And I don't think, you know, I, I don't know. Would he have liked Darby Allen and Daniel Garcia this week? Probably not. It's a very good technical match. But therein lies the difference, really. Vince's vision for wrestling, which... It's very hard for us to sit here and say it's wrong because he's a billionaire um, and he's pretty much created the wrestling realm as we know it. But at the same time, uh, AEW are providing a pretty good argument to the contrary. Uh, Mayor of Painesville, Dan, says, Hello, guys. Hope you're doing well. Ollie Daly, uh, Ollie Davis of Wrestling Daily. Hopefully, this is not a job review, <laughs> Alex. Why uh, they Just having yeah. fun. Yeah. Don't put pressure on me. Now the mistake NXT made was not keeping Brian Myers, Kurt Hawkins on. Oh, Jesus now, Christ. Now he is Great. the next challenger for the Impact World title. R.I.P. Kenny. Dan has too much love for late noughties WWE mid-card wrestlers. And Dexter Lewis. Yes. That, that's his two niches, apparently. Dan... I love Dan. I love Dan so, so much. One of our longest running fans. He's coming. He's flown to the UK to see us twice. Oh, oh what a bloke. He's like, he's like our unofficial mascot, but he's got such an inexplicable degree of affection for crap late noughties WWE wrestling. I'd love him to explain the adulation for Brian Myers, yeah. to be honest. I would like to hear it. Um, you know, the, as you went on that tangent there, I felt like the equivalent of my <clears throat> feelings for Louis Dangor because, <laughs> because it's like, a, you know, he's a young go-getter. I, you know, I admire how he's juggled life thus far to get where he is. But he is shit at Twitter, isn't he? Like, that's just... That's just what he is. Um, and it pains me. <laughs> Have you spoken about this yet? 
yeah, we did yesterday. Yes, um, Louis being absolutely hung out to dry. I assume you're referring to. <laughs> we got we got him on a we got him on the AEW podcast. <laughs> As like I said, do you want to come on the AEW podcast? First time he's been on since he he moved jobs. Uh, just to sort of talk about what he was going through, and he's you know, did he did you hear he was on a date when the news came? <laughs> <laughs> so he's on a date he's on a date in the pub on monday and he is apparently she goes to the toilet and he's like i'll check my phone you know because i'm a popular guy i like the twitter see what's see what my notifications are i haven't tweeted for three minutes the world needs to know what i think about yeah. people and he looks at the phone and it, you know it's blown up because he's orange cassidy read the tweet and uh I said, what did the date think of this? And eventually we got out of him that he brings up the verified tick on dates. <laughs> so it's not just his Twitter game that's, that's bad. <laughs> it's the real life game. He's such a bad bloke. Like it's it's hurting my head. <laughs> he said it worked. Whatever that whatever no, Louis' version of work means. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think that's a direct gateway to success. Oh. But um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 he more of you. Yeah. <laughs> pardon, pardon us, him, Chris. Um, yeah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I, I I hate to say it's like a tough love thing because um you know when like <laughs> like at school and uh, somebody throws their weight around too much and then one day somebody kind of puts them in their place and says hey hey that's what Louis's bad takes needed they needed to have some kind of some kind of gateway that said please please enough enough of your bad takes Louis um my we we had a when Pete was the guest co-host here we lined up Louis bad. <laughs> we went through exactly how bad they were, and there were there was like five really. Oh. Anyway, I don't even know what I'm saying. Um, has, he, has he tweeted anything <laughs> recently, or is he? Uh, we we love you, Louis. By the way, I'm I do love Louis. For a, dr I, a drink with him in two weeks' time when we're back in the office. If I didn't love Louis, this wouldn't be funny. Um, yeah. but because I do, it very much is. Uh, I'm 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 literally scouring for his Twitter now. <laughs> if I find one, I will have a good one. Uh, I think obviously he's got a bit more timid since Orange Cassidy, but yeah, there you have it. Uh, anyway, Twitter between that was, his legs. Yes, that like old tail chat, between anyway. his legs. Yeah, Twitter, <laughs> Twitter between his legs with his blue tick and shit. Um, Mayor Pencil Dan, thank you very much for that ultra chat. Remember, guys, if you want to get involved in that too, please get them over to us now, wrestletalk.com forward slash wrestling daily. Um, please do. Ollie, this is the part of the show where I would like to know a little bit more about you. I want to get oh. to know Mr. Davis. <laughs> I do think you have quite a, you know, I don't know how much you want to rule, but I do think you have quite a uh, an interesting journey because you've essentially um, created one of the most beloved pieces of wrestling branding in the UK, which is actually a very incredible thing to have done. Um, how? Yeah, well, worldwide, but I mean, it emanates from the UK. That's what I mean. Uh, how did we get here, Ollie? Give me the, give me the, the skinny. How did you get to even, even like the idea and the concept? The cut. Well, uh, one day I had this vision 
of wrestle talk and i turned on challenge tv after tna impact and it was there it was already done for me so i i, I asked if i could go work for them <laughs> so why isn't anyone talking about wrestling uh and then yeah it was already been done very successfully started off on talk sports i know i do know this yeah um yeah, back many moons ago mm. so i it, it eventually morphed into a youtube show uh where the infamous four out of ten Bret Hart interview came from. <clears throat> yeah. Sort of before my time. I was working in TV and stuff. Like my job was, uh, I did film and rubbish at university, which didn't really prepare me for anything. And then <laughs> I also had a side hustle as making sure music videos played out correctly on music television. So, you know, when you like watch the box, I remember the box. magic. Yeah. The box is still around. Is it? Yeah, I, I know people who work there. <laughs> I wasted many money as a mm. young teen on the box. You would text in. You would text yeah. in and they would do it. But um, then it shifted to like a non-text uh, in format. And it was just like top 50. Here's Michael Bublé's top 50 love songs, right? And... That was really graphically complex. Like all the graphics we've got on screen right now, they're static, they don't move. But on, on live TV, you would just have like this weird playlist, like a Spotify playlist. And that would be the things that went to air. And about a year before I started that job, it was literally people putting video cassettes into a machine that would play it to people's homes. Wow. So it was like the crossover of technology. And... <laughs> Yeah, I would just make sure that names weren't spelt wrong, effectively. But then Heat Magazine launched their own music video channel. What a journey. <laughs> yeah, and I thought, I'm getting on board with this. And I started to write that, that the big idea was we'd have breaking celebrity news stories pop up on music videos. Like just as little, the music video will be playing, but then graphics will come up. Lady Gaga's just worn a meat dress or whatever. Free Britney, I, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I would <laughs> write. Free now. Yeah, well, I get <laughs> pending. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> and Dad said, yeah, I'll wait for the right time, <laughs> which will is up to me. Yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah, did, did that. I don't know where I'm going with this. I, I think, long story short, I used to write quick puns and celebrity gossip very quickly and i think that eventually set me up on on a news satire course and i saw wrestling news wrestle talk lost its tv deal with challenge and i was sort of direct <laughs> like it went so downhill when i started producing the show <laughs> hopefully not connected to me i think something time slot changed but as soon as i took over it went and I was like, well, I'll, let let me try and do something with the YouTube channel. A few other people were hosting the news and stuff. And I did it and I changed it. And now it's it got better and better. And I, I luckily found nice people. I like, you know, every single person who's joined the team has been lovely, yourself included. And it's it's like very thankfully just haven't had a bad one yet. So when when good people get together, good things happen.
Kevin Nash '96 when you took <laughs> when you took over the Wrestle Talk channel. It all That's went Pete Tong. Um, for yeah. for those who were saying earlier, I saw a couple of comments. So CM Chris says, "Oh wow, I didn't know Ollie was being at Talksport." No, I don't think he was. No. Um, so the the lineage here, which Brett Thomas kind of alludes to, Wrestle Talk mm-hmm. Alex Shane to start with. Yes, this is kind of how I know Ollie, right? So Alex Shane. Uh, had a show on TalkSport once upon a time, which we then brought back to life last January, 18 months ago. Um, and it was like my creation. But they were like, we should probably call it Talk Wrestling because TalkSport's very <laughs> inventive like that. Um, and then the producer, the, the main producer at TalkSport, is a guy called Joe Amphlett, who actually has done some bits and pieces with WrestleTalk in the past. Yeah, yeah, I remember um, he was yeah, the yeah, character. He was, yes. he was so funny. So yeah. funny. Yeah. He's like the reason we had a wrestling show. Like all the wrestling things yeah. that happen at TalkSport are like, he's in such a position of power. And just the fact that he's a wrestling fan is like the greatest ally in the world. But um, he was like, I know who we should bring back to host it with you, Alex Shane. Uh, and that's mm. kind of how that happened. Um, obviously that didn't last, but that is how it started. And yeah. That is kind of like the lineage, I think, between where Alex was starting his Wrestle Talk stuff and from Talksport, the show that he had, and I can't remember who he hosted the original Talksport show with. Now, there's always someone oh. in the chat who reminds me, but he was oh, beloved. Yeah. He was Tommy. Was mm, it's Tommy. Yeah, someone. Yeah, yeah. I can feel it. Ah, I've heard this name so many times. That's he was like a, so he, maybe a kids TV presenter back in the day. I can Google it. A computer right here. Yeah, somebody normally in the chat will pop up and go, "Hey," um, but yeah. So, so basically, at some point, Tommy Boyd. There you Tommy go, Tommy Boyd. Somebody, ah, we got it at the it. same time. <laughs> that is it. Good from you, Quincy. Um, mm. So yeah. Uh, so essentially, at some stage, then it became actually your baby, though, and your vision could come to life. Like, I mean. It, a, Hot it's tech, very, yeah. very rewarding to see what it is now. But like uh, the journey, has it been difficult, full of challenges? And I guess so. But like it's, uh, yeah, I don't want to be soppy and silly about it, but every, everyone's so nice. It's kind of a dream to do this for a job. I, 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 I genuinely enjoy it somehow still writing stupid dick jokes in the news. <laughs> <laughs> like I do that. I thought I'd get bored of it. <laughs> so why can I put why can I put the dick joke today? Um, so yeah, no, it's been I, the, the big the big things. Like everything was swimming me until um, I didn't realize that I was actively annoying everyone for about three months, and it was unfortunately leading up to October 2019 where the Hell in a Cell stuff happened with The Fiend and yeah. AEW launched. So it was like this perfect storm of just stuff. We were, we were sharing WrestleTalk.com articles on the community tab, which was cluttering people's feeds. We didn't know it was doing it because you ca- people can't like downvote a community tab post. So we, we just okay. weren't picking up on it. And at the same time, like we were just being too clickbaity at the end of the day. We're just being like major star, whatever, and you know, just you, because I, I don't know why. We just because that's the you kind of was the era. 
I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, I, we, I've, I've worked for companies the same way. Mm. But we were doing it because, you know, we had started it, really. And then everybody started to do it because by this point, what culture, Coldaholic, WrestleMania, they all started doing news as well. So I guess that, you know, that just put, pushed us to be more that way. Um, and then, yeah, I just sort of had a mini nervous breakdown for a month. <laughs> Where I like even put up a video being like, I'm sorry. So that was really hard. And that took a while to get over, to be honest. Um, and then, you know, the pandemic hit and that was super easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But what I would say, you know, and, and I mean this as a heartfelt thank you as well, because I've loved having this outlet and so many great uh, co-hosts as well, been able to come here and um, diversify the wrestle talk portfolio in terms of like who's seen on the channel and stuff which i think has been great um and we've been able to do some cool things here too so i'm forever grateful and i'm sure a lot of the people watching are too um so kudos is what i say to you holly davis thank you that is what i say i must put over wrestling daily because you know i love sp3 i love stephanie chase i can't wait to go for a drink with you and stephanie chase and everybody i would love it if sp3 was there as well but of course he's in uh, the states and louis Indeed. i guess but <laughs> sat oh my god sat's funny isn't and he and he's in london so we can we can see him as well did, yeah. did i ever tell you about the audition video he sent me i saw it i've seen yeah, it yeah um yeah pete, pete sent it on to me which is why i was like i watched about two minutes and i was like yes <laughs> yes but the, yeah uh, i was already sold on him and then just out of nowhere he starts covering himself in wrestling <laughs> oil <laughs> biggie-esque i would say yeah. uh it, i will say this like he's he's been um he's hit the ground running with the people who watch mm -hmm. a lot of people love Danny Angie. So, uh, yeah, the bloke's done incredibly well. Uh, but we love that. We love that, the, this corner of Wrestle Talk. Um, I will say this as well two bits of stuff I want to get on to. First, I spoke to Samoa Joe yesterday, Ollie Davis. Ooh. Um, yeah, I did. Uh, before I get on to that, guys, I see Steve is right. We do have 280 of you watching right now. A thumbs up or a subscribe would be truly, truly well received. So, please do. Do the good things, do the good deeds, all of that good stuff. Get it into us, please. We, that would help a great deal. And, of course, you can still <laughs> have a small chance, a small window to get in an Ultra Chat. There's one from Bo Hill waiting in the back end. So, guys, WrestleTalk.com forward slash Wrestling Daily if you want to have your say on this show too. Uh, so I spoke to Samoa Joe yesterday. It's up on TalkSpot.com now. The audio will be on the Talk Wrestling podcast next week. The thought I wanted to get from you, Ollie Davis, was uh, when I spoke to Samoa Joe, he said that there was already a timetable on his return when WWE released him. So it wasn't a case that he couldn't get cleared. He's costing us a lot of money. Mm. It's probably just best to let him go. The timescale was already there. It took two months for us to find out that he signed for NXT, but he did sign for them that same day. Literally, there was hours between his WWE release and signing with NXT. Now, if that doesn't tell you the great divide between Triple H's offices in NXT and the main roster, I don't know what does, but what do you make of WWE or Vince McMahon looking at Samoa Joe and thinking, ah, could live without him? I just... Yeah, I, 
that that's um because that, that Samoa Joe's alluded to in the past that it was a relatively quick turnaround that Triple H contacted him after the release, mm. but to sign a contract immediately, like wow, Samoa Joe has a lot of emotional control because I don't know personally, I would need at least a night to sleep on it because I yeah. would be incredibly annoyed. <laughs> um, so I or, or Triple H is a hell of a salesman. Um, who knows? I, I have the video um, that I'm going to load into the system, and then you can see exactly mm. what Samojo had to say about it. But is it isn't it just perverse that under one umbrella there could be it could be that yeah. different? You know what I mean? Like to tri Triple H is essentially learning that Samojo is gone, and then has to make the call. They couldn't have just transitioned him into NXT. Like, do you know mm. how bad does that look? Well, that's that. That ties into sort of what Meltzer was saying, I guess, about that Triple H is not a part of the discussions of all the cuts this year. Maybe he would have done the same thing with Alistair Black. PW Insider reported there was a big internal push from NXT to get Black into NXT. Like you know, they did it with Finn Balor. Mm. Like just cycle these guys around. I think that's a healthy thing for the company to do. Let's see what Samoa Joe had to say mm. about his release just yesterday. But let's get to the release, man. Like, to me, it, it obviously, uh, well, not just to me, to everyone, didn't make sense. Was it a case that you couldn't get cleared at that point? Were you still trying? What was the deal? Uh, no, uh, it wasn't a case of that. Um, it was, I mean, obviously I was still trying. Uh, there, there was a little bit more recovery time kind of involved there, so there was a timetable for recovery it wasn't like it was very far off obviously um no I, I just think that they uh you know a kind of decision was made on one end but then at the other like i said i keep telling people what they don't understand is like this this kind of tenure that NXT in this position that i currently have now NXT was kind of talked about two or three years ago it was just a matter of when we were going to get the opportunity to be a transition and there really was an opportunity because i was so busy with raw and smackdown so it was like they were going to pull me from there to, to, to move to NXT at the time. So, um, yeah, I mean, when the, when the release came, you know, it was literally a few hours later than Hunter came and, you know, had the new offer and the ready for me. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a pretty easy transition. I, I can't really, I can't really sit here and feign that, you know, I was released and it was a, Oh, it was a somber day. And I had these, uh, you know, a even even before Hunter called me, I didn't, and when he did, it just we were good from there. So it's yeah. it's it's tough for me to like begin to even address this and that like oh man the release because it, it's, it's big because you know when you read it I guess in a tweet it's like oh my gosh but you know the actual the way the events transpired for me it was very mundane and very much all right sign here and sign there and all right we're good <laughs> 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 so I, I can't really. I can't sit here and be like, oh man, and tell you some really big emotional roller. I don't have one for you. There was no roller coaster. It was like, <laughs> cool. All right. Awesome. All right, let's go. <laughs> I, st I still find it staggering, Ollie, that like a couple of hours later, Triple H has to call him like, oh, so you're gone? Uh, Want to come back? It's weird. Joe, I've always thought Joe was a shrewd businessman. Because I heard he made a lot of money in property as well. 
Is that true? I think that's common knowledge. I've heard because that. Sting, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because Sting also had a lot of, like, that's how Sting has made himself very comfortable outside of wrestling. And I think he passed that knowledge on to Joe during their time in TNA together. So for Joe to not that, you know, like you've just been released by WWE. Do you, do you not? Surely you play NXT off of AEW for a, for a few weeks to get more money out of it. Unless he admires and respects Triple H so much mm. that he was just like, okay, I'm coming with you, Hunter. I know this more, was not your decision. More to the point, I think it's regal. He loves and respects. And of course, uh... now that Joe is um, not only a performer, he's also a scout in NXT. We mm. all know who the chief scout is in NXT, and that is William Regal. So I think that, from what I could tell anyway from this chat with Joe, that was a big component of it. But again, Triple H is the guy who originally signed him to WWE, so you might be onto something there. Um, you're going to imagine they have a relationship because on the surface, that's what it looked like. Where everyone was like, Samoa Joe's 90 days is going to be up soon because we didn't know this news until like literally two months after. But it happened within a matter of hours, which again, mm. it's kind of funny that no one knew, I guess, in this day and age. But there you go. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad Joe is doing what he wants to do, I guess. Um, I hope this new landscape of NXT just serves him, if you know what I mean. Especially if he's going to be a scout, like the Regal Joe Re Regal's, you know, he's been going to PWG shows forever. Like that's the joke. Yeah. Whoever's there to get to scout out new hot indie talent, hot indie talent. Oh, you thought hot right now, <laughs> but that that's going to change now. Surely they'll be going to NFL practices and college football games to get the kind of body that Vince reportedly desires. Have you heard as well that AJ wants to be a scout when he's done? Mm, I could see that. I could too, but not under the guise of what Vince wants. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It's like complete, like that. It, getting a scout like under Shawn Michaels, under Triple H, under Regal, yeah. that makes total sense to me. Yeah, but not this new direction. Hmm. All very perplexing stuff. <clears throat> uh, let's get to Bo Hill, who says someone <laughs> stole a SmackDown script and literally everything was scripted, not just the promos, uh, the backstage interviews, what the interviewers were supposed to say, the responses, everything. It is insane. Um, I will offer a small window of insight here. Um, I was on NXT UK, of course, last month. And yes, everything in the segment that I was in was scripted. You were allowed to say, can I say this? Or, you know, can I change this wording? You could make suggestions, but when I got there, the paper had my lines done. And mm. I only had eight, I only had like two lines, but the whole segment was mapped out. We did a run through. We then did a rehearsal. We did then we did it in one take. So three times all in all, we went through it. This is of course a tape show, not live. But um it is pretty rigid, I guess, you know, it's pretty hands-on even more perverse was, you know, I'm doing it. We do the run through Shawn Michaels, his voice like bellows down on you. He does really good kid. He did say that to me. He was talking to Ilya and Walter, obviously, mm -hmm. um, but he's got like the voice of God. Cause he's not actually there. He's in Whoa. America with Matt Bloom watching it. So every now and again, he would just say like, Hey, Jim's Marmon. And Jim's got to like 
you know, yes, Sean. Uh, and then they like figuring out angles and stuff because he's producing it from America, whereas all of us are kind of just waiting on the word of Shawn Michaels. Because for those who aren't aware, Sean is the guy who really runs NXT UK, not Triple H. Oh. Triple H is the guy who really runs NXT. Um, so it's very, it was fascinating to just be there for that day and be a part of it. But yeah, Shawn Michaels would just bellow down and go, like, again, you know, like, oh. Uh, but he was really nice. He was very complimentary to everyone. But everything is super scripted. How did, how did you find the process of being scripted? Would you have preferred to have just had an interview with a character on the fly? <laughs> let me off my leash, NXT! <laughs> <laughs> you got to let me be me! No. Um, uh, yeah, I, I was... I mean, originally, the premise, like, when they said, do you want to come in, it was to do the press conference. So I knew this ahead of time with Volta and Ilya. I didn't know who else was going to be there or how it was going to look. So when I got there, they were like, um, there was three interviewers. There's myself, Alison McGeorge from the Metro and DJ Ace from BBC. And it had like journalists one, two and three. So we didn't even actually know <laughs> who was who. You had to kind of, they were like, oh, who do you want to be? And I hadn't picked. So I was the last one, which ended up being the first <laughs> one. So I ended up speaking to uh, Volta, like doing the first question. Um, I, I, I didn't mind it. The only thing I said to Jim Smallman, I think, was like, do you think we should mention how long he's been champion? And he was like, yeah, it's great. Do that. And that was it. That was li- that was the only input I had on what I said. Um, otherwise, it was very much, we need you to ask this question. So mm. um, although, you know, I could phrase it, I was like, it'd be more, you know, there was no kind of, what if I ask him what it's like to beat the shit out of people like there was none of that there was none of the, you know you couldn't make it interesting it was very much mm. what they wanted so um i i would well, the reason i bring that up anyway is because i think a lot of people think that nxt is f- departed mm. from the main roster in terms of scripting but in my experience you know but then saying that volta and Ilya in their takes they were saying it wasn't like re- exact replicas every single take so i don't know if it's like word forward but there definitely is an outline of what they need to say more than a bullet point is mm. that fascinating jolly is is that good info no, honestly it has no because it that, that kind of ties into what i was saying earlier in that the main problem with wwe is it is like everyone's like it's the scripted promos it's the sort of person they push it's like no it's just it's not fun to to watch mm. from week to week because it doesn't tie in with each other. So if you know like NXT is that scripted and that is a, a largely enjoyable show to watch, it just shows that this style, the WWE's style of wrestling can be done very well. It just needs to make sense. <laughs> Imagine asking for that. Imagine. Yeah. <laughs> it's, well, it's our fault. It's our fault. Yeah, really, we do ask for too much. Uh, we're going to finish here on an ultra chat from Mayor of Painesville, Dan, once again, uh, who says, I had to chat in again, not too much uh, <laughs> to, to explain Brian Myers. I need more characters for that. <laughs> uh, however, I got a bit emotional over here in Germany. I have been there the same amount of time as Ollie has been from the bottom of my heart. Thank you, Ollie. I oh, love you, Dan. I've also seen that Steve H has put, a, who's a member, has put uh, journalist number one, Alex McCarthy. Is that what you're saying you are? <laughs> totally my own words. 
Nothing else. No other context to take it as. <laughs> Journalist number one. Uh, it's like Lana's number one. Alex McCarthy. <laughs> Journalist Alex number, number one. one. <laughs> Alex number one. <laughs> I don't know if I want to be seen in that. Oh, Lana that's your McCarthy. gimmick now. That's, that's me your now. Gimmick. Okay. Yeah. Lana McCarthy. Thank you, Ollie, for stopping by Wrestling Daily, my friend. It's been long overdue. Pleasure. You know what? We've been nearly going a year now, haven't we? Pretty crazy. Um, yeah, launched in October. Mm. Yeah. Mental that we've come this far already. So thank you to all of you that have subscribed. If you are in the chat now, please do uh, and get your lovely like buttons out there as well. Thumbs up, subscribe, all of that good stuff. Uh, I want to thank Ollie for your support over this past year, my friend, and finally coming on the show. I've richly enjoyed your presence. Uh, how did that drink go down, mate? Yeah, it's okay. I might have another one. Although, I'm going to a bottomless brunch tomorrow. Like an absolute alpha male. You know? You are a, you are you, a brunch you get, type. You only get bottomless brunches with the alpha males. <laughs> Not <laughs> almost 100% hem parties. Straight wolves round Oof. here. <laughs> Thank you so much, my man. Thank you to all of you guys. We'll be back on Monday with SP3 and the hottest new commodity on Wrestling Daily, Sa'i Niangi. So join us here, 8 p.m., the usual start time. Sorry I brought you forward tonight, kids and stuff. But thank you very much, and we will see you next week on Wrestling Daily. Bye-bye. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.